1: Due to the nature of our production at Please Advise, I often do not have the opportunity to address issues in the news in a timely fashion. I realize that people are not coming to me to hear my opinions on major political and social issues, but from time to time, things happen in the world or within pop culture that I feel it's my duty as a person with even the smallest platform to address. So please excuse the production quality of my message as I'm recording this on my iPhone in an effort to speak out in today's episode with Amy Kaufman. First of all, I'd like to note the monumental historical milestone of Bruce Jenner's interview with Diane Sawyer this past Friday. And coming forth as a well-known and celebrated figure who has privately struggled with gender identity his entire life, he has begun the process of normalizing an issue that affects so many but that so few people seem to understand. What he has done for our world, our future, our children, our grandchildren is perhaps one of the most brave acts I have ever witnessed in my lifetime. I have long felt that questioning anything about the quote-unquote Bruce Jenner story has been inappropriate, invasive, and beyond déclasse. It is my promise to you that this podcast will never discuss these issues in an insensitive or joking manner because they simply are not funny. And I want to give my sincerest thanks to Bruce Jenner for helping move our world closer to the accepting, loving place it can and should be. On a completely different note, I also want to discuss the topic of the death of Freddie Gray and the numerous other young black men in our country as a result of police brutality. I also want to discuss the topic of the truly horrific and devastating riots in Baltimore. Police brutality is real. That is not a question. This is a pattern we have seen in our country for as long as we've been a country, but the pattern has gotten smaller and smaller. How many times in this very year have we read stories about the unnecessary loss of a young person at the hands of the police we have been told are here to protect and serve us? I do not agree with the looting and rioting that happened in Baltimore. To me, that is in no proper way to channel the voices and energy of young people toward making a change. However, I woke up Tuesday morning after watching hours of footage on CNN, Instagram, wherever I could get it on Monday, and I had a realization. The one time in my life that I faced stifling adversity, in which I felt so unjustly punished in silence. Do you want to know what I did to get attention? I stole. (laughs) Yes, I'm saying it here today on my podcast, I have never admitted it publicly, but at one point in my life I made my best effort to drain funding I had access to in an attempt to get the attention of those who were oppressing me. I remain ashamed of these actions until this day. I put myself and others in a potentially very dangerous situation. Not physically, but in every other way I was guilty of visceral, borderline animalistic behavior. Why am I admitting this? Because I get it. I don't get it, I will never get it, but I get it. It is a crying shame that yet another community had to fall in an attempt to rise this week. I feel for the people that have no job to go to today, no church to seek harbor in, The children and the elders in the neighborhood who had nothing to do with the looting or rioting and the people that felt so desperate to be heard that they destroyed the land they live on. I feel for the men and women in blue who have served our nation's police forces for years and never abused the power or treated a person worse than they would a dog. This issue is cyclical. The men and women in this particular area of Baltimore are impoverished and, like Freddie Gray, have long criminal records by the time many of us are just graduating college. Their fate seems sealed. The police are taught to seek these people out and stop and or prevent the crimes that are being committed. Many of these young men and women deeply fear the police because of this, so they run, they fight back, because they've seen what can happen to those who don't. I don't know the solution. I would guess a lot of it would start with helping to nourish these impoverished areas and foster the young men and women so they're building up school credit and not criminal records. I would guess that the police officers who are responsible for these unnecessary deaths need to be brought to justice for their actions, and that our cities and states need to put funding into a proper re-education of our service officers. I alone have no control over this, but I will do what I can by talking about it, by showing love instead of fear, by showing empathy instead of disgust. And I hope that the people listening vow to do the same, because if you think that this is not our problem, you are dead wrong. This is everybody's problem. Our children will inherit this problem. I beg of you, try to see through your heart. Practice patience instead of defaulting to outrage. Look at every situation from all sides and be thorough before you settle upon a conclusion. Thank you so much for indulging me in this opportunity to share my thoughts with you and enjoy the show. I love you. Oh, boy. It's episode 38 of Please Advise. You guys, I have a major update for you. I'm dying. I was diagnosed with something this week called costochondritis, which is not a membership to Costco as my friend Steven guessed. It's actually an inflammation of the chest. It's known as chest wall pain. And uh, basically, the muscles around my right ribs are all like pissed off at me or something. I don't know what I did. I just woke up one day and it started to like it was It was easy at first. It wasn't that bad. I was like, oh, I must have just slept funky. And then um, by the last day of it, I was positive that I had a broken rib and that my lung was punctured. Um, So I was really glad I didn't go to a chiropractor. You guys, if you have chest pain, more I'm reading about this, like I was a maniac not to go to the hospital like right away because chest pain usually means heart attack. And they say that a lot of the people who come into the ER complaining of chest pain actually are diagnosed with this. So um, it's mostly in women and mostly in people over 40, which I'm not. So that actually does concern me because I'm worried that I'm decaying more quickly than I should. And I also have water in my ear right now and that hurts. So I'm just not in a great I'm not in a great place, but I'm very excited because we have a cool guest today. Her name's Amy Kaufman. Hi, girl. Hey,
2: girl. I didn't know you were uh, dying when I came in. You seemed like very n- normal.
1: Well, it's not um, necessarily terminal, but it could be caused by tumors, benign or malignant. So, and I'll, you know, I'm like one of those people, like, I'm the friend with cancer in the group that brings everyone else up, you know, like that's, I, I go, I'm, I'm trying to keep positive. That's really respectable. Why I wore lipstick to my mastectomy. That's me. (laughs) What do you do to cure this ailment? Uh, I have to take anti-inflammatories and then just like lay a lot. Like I just lay. I enjoy that. That's
3: good. I want to know who's going to play you in the Lifetime movie version of what you're going through right now.
1: I hope when I hope like Lucy Hale or one of the PLL girls. I'd be honored if it was Troy and Belisario because she can act the shit out of an emotional scene.
2: <laughs> she was in theater school at USC when I, at the same time I was there. You then, were in theater school. I was like a yeah tragic. Let's not get into that. But like she was the m- first most successful person. Everyone oh, was like, okay. oh my god, Troy I'm just on TV. It was like such a big deal. Oh, also, like yeah.
1: her father's like one of the biggest television <laughs> <laughs> executives oh, of all time. So it's just John nepotism. Belisario, creator of Jag and Texas Walker Ranger, like they. She's blast, hon. Like, trust me. I thought she was just like super pretty. I think she is super pretty and she is very talented, but I think it probably doesn't hurt when your father's Don Belisario. I met her once at my old job and she asked me for the Wi-Fi password and I couldn't help her and I feel really bad about it to this day. She's probably like that cunt because she knows you know the Wi-Fi. Oh, she
3: was in a sixth, like, vest. She was wearing a really nice vest that day. <laughs> a
1: Spencer Hastings style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Do you watch PLL, Amy? Um, no. Okay. But you do watch one of my other guilty pleasures. You covered it pretty heavily for the LA Times for a while. The Bachelor. The Batch, as I call it. Yeah. The Batch. batch. Okay. So what I know we talked briefly about this over Twitter because I had a very strong reaction because I was unclear to your, but I was. Okay. So this Bachelorette is it's Caitlin and Britt against each other. Spoiler alert people are saying that? No, no. Okay. Okay. I will not say you don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. Okay. Okay. So that was really, really frightening. I'm glad that I'm glad that you cut me off because I am like susceptible. Are you reality to just, steving it? I don't reality Steve it, but then I'll listen to other things where people reality Steve it. And then they'll say like, or I read all the magazines okay, and okay. actually it was in a magazine who they rumors are saying is the going to be the next. I Barbara. mean,
2: I assumed there was no way they could keep it secret because if they're filming with that person for the rest of the season, totally see them out. Right. Yeah. They're like
1: rolling up to the Americana like Ashley and what's his face did and doing a um, flash dance. Oh, my God. Do you remember that? That was.
2: Yes. And I've always wanted to be involved in one of those like L.A. dates, like the one where yeah. they did boys to men and stuff. Yeah. But um, so I'm, not, I'm not invited. Uh, wait. So, okay. If you knew, well, you know who it is, I guess. So you can't. I know. I know who rumors say it is, but, but purely, who would you have wanted it to be?
1: I really wanted it to be Caitlyn because I think Britt is like just a monster. I think Britt is like totally deceptive. I did you you watched obviously. So you
2: thought when she went to his hometown with the girls, yeah, and was privately horrified by the small town vibes, Mm -hmm. and then got back and was like, "But no, I like." I on the drive back, I could feel it. Like you thought that was. I felt it
1: was more her ultimatum, where I'm like, "Girl, you're on a show where you know that like he can't just pick you with five contestants left." Like the fact that you're giving an ultimatum about like needing more security in this relationship like the whole thing is that it's supposed to be insecure you're supposed to get out of that limo the last day and you're like fabulous prom dress and like not know whether or not this is going to be the day you get engaged right but a part of me did like seeing like such
2: a beautiful woman like so horribly insecure
1: yeah no that's true (laughs) I want to know where she waitresses too I feel like did you see my twitter campaign to find out Oh no! Like, I was like, Twitter
2: hive mind. I was like, "You guys, where does Brett work? Like, let's go in." We kept tweeting at her. We're like, "We'll give you a massive tip. Like, we just want to check it out." Yeah. No one could come up with it, and then the only tip I got was that it was a pizza place in Santa Monica.
1: Okay, because I knew I I felt Santa Monica vibes. You did. I I what knew about she- her said that. I just I didn't see her hanging in West Hollywood. Like I felt like she was unaffected by LA, yet super affected. So she must live somewhere on the outskirts. And that felt very Santa Monica to me. So if any of your listeners have had a Brit sighting, tweet at us
2: and we will absolutely go. Although she's obviously not there right now.
1: I thought it would be like one of those like artisanal like fig and cheese plate things like I definitely thought it was going to be some like snobby place you can't get in and out of for under 70 bucks a person I definitely had the complete opposite reaction like I was thinking it's one of those places you see um, when you're
2: like covering a premiere in Hollywood like along Hollywood Boulevard like right. 25 degrees or something
1: oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. that's so true she actually does seem clueless enough that she would live in LA for like a while and not know that like you're not going to make it working at swingers right but I don't know <laughs> Um, yeah, 25 degrees. Have I been there? It's like that burger place in the Roosevelt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 I have been there several times. Damn. Uh, but yeah, you're right. She would work there. Mm -hmm. Um, so what do you... What has been your favorite Bachelor moment over the years? Because I just binge watched seven seasons of The Bachelor last summer because I'd never seen it. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I wasn't involved in this I was like having like, you know, manic depression as we do um, as creatives, as women, as, you know, transitional people. Uh, I was just so I just was like, oh, okay, I'll lay and watch seven seasons of this two hour an episode show (laughs) for the next three months of my life. And I watched all of them. Where'd you start? The, well, the first one you can get is Brad's second season. That's the first. I bought them on iTunes. So you like didn't see Jason's season? Per- Jason was. The single out. Oh, down? no, I saw him. Maybe he was the first one. He, he was, was one of my favorites. Yeah, he was good. I and just, I,
2: it was so dramatic at the end. Like, I love him and Molly together. I know. Do you listen to their podcast? Yes, I do. They have a <laughs> good dish sometimes if you want some inside. Uh, they're clearly disdainful of like. I've thought a lot about writing a bachelor book because like these people, this, like a year after the show's off, they will say, anything right like you know and there's like a lot of negative stuff that you know happens
1: but, but you know courtney was very protective of hashtag bachelor nation courtney robertson when she came on here i know you don't like courtney i really enjoyed courtney but i'm friends with well, friends i'm like i know ben a little bit like i've ta- interviewed him and talked up. to him. It's how like, can Ellie. you be friends okay okay we're okay. not friends
2: like like okay so this was first of all you guys know banned from covering the bachelor.
1: Yeah. No. Actually, well, I knew that, but I didn't know why.
2: So this is dumb. Basically, um, I mean, to get invited to like cover the Bachelor is loose terms anyway, because you write about the show, you recap it, and then eventually sometimes they'll have like they'll invite you to the reunion taping or like the women tell all or like a weird event at the um, mansion that's like in the valley and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can just go and blog about that. uh, And then there's like those conference calls that rejected contestants will get on that anyone is invite like any press outlet like, can go on. So yeah, so I was doing all those things and like I was doing it during the season that Ben uh was on and um and then one season I just everyone at work would forward me the uh conference call invites because they knew I was like the bachelor person. And I'd always be like, yeah guys, like I'm getting these. Thanks. But one time I wasn't getting them. And so I like wrote to the ABC person. I was like, um can I get on this conference call? And they're like, oh actually um you know, we're just really slammed and the season and like, we don't have any more room. I'm like, that's not possible when like these random outlets yeah. are on. I was like, that's weird. Like, and I also wasn't getting invited to the, all the weird women tell all things. So I, uh, my editor reached out to the press people at ABC and was like, what's up with this? And basically the message they got back was that like my recaps were too negative And so they didn't want me to. Cover the stuff anymore, and so my editor took like a super um, hard line stance and was like, "Well, if they're not going to invite us to stuff, we're not going to write like a word about them." Um. So that was his stance, and so that's where I remain. They
1: have to know, though, that their bread and butter is that negative press. That's that's
2: what was surprising to me. Everyone hate watches The Bachelor. And not only that, but, like, there's so few outlets
3: that actually devote time to cover that show anymore because it's been on for 16 seasons that the fact that something as big as the L.A. Times still devoted words to it is kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, it was
1: confusing. Were you Um, covering it in print or just online or both? No, it was mostly online.
2: Sometimes it would be in print. Um, but uh, yeah. So one of the times, so basically, when you go to the women tell all, right. you don't even sit in the audience as a press person. You like sit. I've
1: wondered who those randoms are in the audience. Like, how like do you fans get fans from Twitter and stuff? Okay. I think,
2: yeah. Um, and like
1: people who are wives
2: of people who work at ABC. I feel like you know, Yeah. Um, so you sit in like another room in a soundstage with headphones, just watching the them film it. And um, then afterwards, they'll bring in the bachelor and then like you get to pick three of the like rejects that you want to interview,
1: oh. um, which is always interesting. How long is the entire process? I feel like that's a full day.
2: Oh, it's a full day. I know. And it was kind of a blessing this disguise. I was like, don't invite me to that. Great. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. No, after a while, you learn like, oh, no, red carpet is not fun. Like that is not sexy or glam. Like I when I was the first time I was reporting on a red carpet, I was like, fuck yes. Like two months later, I was like, never again. Yep. Fuck these losers. You're like a Um, caged animal. Wait, Malz, we
2: should say how we met. I know.
1: Well, we met because you auditioned to write at Defamer.
2: Yes. And Malz was doing videos at Defamer. And like, but you don't meet in person. You just, I am.
1: I met maybe the people that I worked at Defamer with. I've met them maybe three times four times in person but yeah, we you have a very strong for- connection
2: with them like you're, they feel like your group online. they're the only
1: people you talk to like they I would just talk to these four people all or three people depending on the rotation of the staff at any given time like I'd talk to them from like 8 a.m to like 8 p.m texting like w- what 3 a.m when Britney Spears is having a meltdown like these those were my people never met them
2: so bizarre that yeah was a, that was a scary that was the first time I realized like being snarky is like actually really hard and you know I was like oh god I remember I am in you because you were so funny and like had your videos and I was like well I was
1: it was also toward the end of me working there and I remember you were like this is really intense and I was like this place like you have to be a little bit fucking insane to work here because I had worked it there for like a year and a half which is a gawker lifetime like that's a really long time I think to stay in that mix and then uh yeah, I just was like, no, these people are like, we're all nuts. Welcome to the team. Like, what do you want me to tell you? Like, yeah, you have to have a screw Shape loose. Shape up, girl. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, I remember like wanting to comfort you because I was like, oh, like she's another girl and like she seems really nice. And like I should probably just tell her the truth that we're all crazy and uh, this is our job.
2: But you like totally lied to me.
1: I did? No, I <laughs> don't Remember, I I think I might have tried to take like explain that in the easiest way possible. Like you have to have a screw loose to do news that's this aggressive all day. It's a it's aggressive because it's not. No, we don't break news at no no. There was like me rarely we would break news at Defamer. It's mostly just rewriting entertainment stories with the most vicious angle possible, right? Or the most I would guess. I guess I would say the deepest truth in the story, like the darkest truth, and um. So that's where I think, you know, that's where the humor came from in those stories. And that's why I wanted to work there. I used to read Defamer in college and be like, someday I'll move to L.A. and work for a site like this. A
2: lot of people in college have that dream, I think. Like whenever I talk to like young journalism students, they're like, I want to write for something like that. I'm like, sweetie, that is hard. And like you think that you're funny and snarky and whatever, but like mm -mm.
1: also you will make no money. Yeah, right. (laughs) Actually, they had, they paid pretty good and they gave us a $900 quarterly health bonus, which was in lieu of health care. Like, we'd just get nine extra. Like, I'd be like, you overpaid me by $900. And they were like, no, that's your quarterly health bonus. And I was like, okay. Like, I didn't know what that meant. I will tell you this, though. I think that if you can get a job like this out of college, it's the best training you will ever get because it teaches you to be so fucking hungry and so on your toes and so alert and like... Looking for every. I remember the day that I put together why Mary Kate Olsen hated Spencer Pratt <laughs> was the biggest day ever. And what it was was that, because I remember Mary Kate Olsen had had these pictures released of her drunk at a party when she went to Campbell Hall. And then that's her high school. Yes. And then I saw Mary Kate Olsen on Letterman as a guest. And he mentioned something about Spencer Pratt, and she made a face like, mm. and I was like, hmm. Why does Mary Kate Olsen have such an adverse reaction to Spencer Pratt? So then I went back and looked at the pictures of her drunk. And sure enough, the person who sold the pictures of her drunk was Spencer Pratt. So I put this all together, told Mark Graham. He gave the story to Molly Friedman. It was one of our biggest stories of the year. But I was like, if I, there wasn't something deeply pathological going on here, like <laughs> I would have never been able to figure that out. I'm proud of you for that one. That Thanks. is a good scoop. Thanks. Um, so how did you get involved with the LA times? Uh, the
2: boring, like I had an internship in college way. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and then after I graduated, they were like, come try. I was gonna say try out, (laughs) come try out for this job, (laughs) come interview for this job. And luckily there were, I got it.
1: Do you think that, cause I think that a lot of people shit on that route and a lot of people also, The internship route? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people are like, no, like, don't be a writer's assistant. Don't, like, intern and then expect to get hired. A lot of people shit on that. But I found my experience in internships to be incredibly valuable. What do you think about that? I mean, do you think it's more valuable than not for most people? Well, what is the other option that people are saying would be better? Like, doing your own thing? Like, getting after it scrappy and, like, starting your own Tumblr that becomes a viral sensation. And, like, like go – like – creating your own content
2: right I mean I, yeah like creating your own blog or something would be the the option for me I guess you're saying yeah if I was like super I mean that would that seems much harder to me I it think does. I'd much rather be at an internship and like be working my ass off uh, and making connections yeah. learning the
3: ropes even knowing how these things are done formally because there is a sort of way of doing these things right like how yeah. are the
2: odds worse that like it, being a writer's assistant or an intern and maybe not getting the job than like just hustling By yourself.
1: Yeah. I kind of was I kind of skid the line in between. I I mostly hustled by myself, but I did have internships that introduced me to a lot of different people and taught me so much. Like I worked in at New Line Cinema in Publicity for a summer before I came out here. And um it was I mean, so random, but was a great job for me and taught me so much about this business and like seeing that side of it how that works and and then wind up working in news later the people who received the publicity yeah. emails like I kind of had more of an understanding of what I was doing so it was I don't know I thought that was a good experience for me I hate it when people shit on free internships and stuff
2: right well to be fair mine was paid eventually but I like you gotta do the free ones first then you got the, you know the where payment. else did you intern? My first internship when I moved to California was at the Santa Monica Daily Press like it was OG Like like they're like, you know, you need it's kind of like when you're an actor and you need like clips for your reel So you'll do free student films like same thing if you're a writer like, you know, like get just get clips from any newspaper Any website that'll yeah. not pay you right and then um, Then you eventually get ones that do and in college I had a Molly would appreciate this because she's from Boston, Um, a column called Fish Out of Water about like being new to L.A. and stuff. Yeah. It was so bad. Like literally I would write about like running into Ryan Gosling at like dinner and being like,
1: oh my God. But that's huge when you move here. Like that's why you're like, I definitely should have moved here. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I was like, when my car first got here, I read about like driving down the PCH
1: for the. First time, I was like the lamest stuff. I actually find that very intriguing and would like to read more. So please send me (laughs) that. I was going to tell you, I told you before we started this, that I wanted to remind you of an Instagram video you posted, I think last winter. It was around Christmas time. I'm loving your Instagram like history with me. It feels meaningful. Um, So no, I just remembered this because it was the most Massachusetts, I'm guessing upper middle class thing I have ever seen in my life, which was your friend singing, uh, I believe by Blessed Union of Souls, his acapella audition. (laughs) I must have watched that. Forty times, because like, there's nothing more Massachusetts than blessed union of soul, acapella, putting that all together. Him not being able to sing the N word, like if, but he that was perfect. perfect in the audition in high school. He did sing the
2: N word, <laughs> and so like we were reliving that story, and my friend was like, "How could you?" And like, there were multiple <laughs> black people in the group, and it was just like traumatic for him.
1: He didn't get in. Uh, no. Yeah, there's a lot of acapella trauma, I have to say. My best friend, Ed, is for the rest of his life, will be traumatized by not getting into this acapella group in college. He was a star football player, as a homosexual male, but still cannot get over the fact that he was not in an acapella group. So
3: it wasn't for a lack of talent. It was just like a lot of in political things that didn't get him inside. Well,
1: that's what, yeah, that's, That's, uh, let's go with that. Well, that's the theory we're going with today. He did, he did come back to LA and get a vocal coach between summers. Um, that like, worked with stevie wonder or something Whoa. fucking insane like his dad spent 500 dollars an hour for him to work with the vocal
4: coach oh my <laughs> god so
1: he could get into acapella that's the next so year sad. i know but you know what there's no one more triumphant than ed in lots of ways he's working oh, on ed? grace helbig show yeah yeah ed's know. working on grace Hel- helbig show right now which is very exciting that's cool yeah he's doing great um I- enough about ed real quick yeah. i want to answer our question of the week last week What's going to be B, our new, or I guess it was two weeks ago. What's going to be B's, B is Christina's bitch, okay? B, and B is here now. She's learning how to run the recording so that, like, you know, God forbid, when Christina, like, gets married and moves to Arizona, um, we have a backup. Okay. I don't, they don't, uh, no, because then they're, uh, no,
3: they're not Arizona, any state. Bitch. Are you in a relationship? I don't know,
1: Christina, you know what? You don't know where you're going to find love.
3: Well, no, I just don't uh, inherently not Arizona because they have terrible state laws. And like, I have to <laughs> prove my citizenship there if I get pulled over. So no.
1: Anyway, <laughs> OK, really
3: anti-immigration. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm All right, this so out, okay. this is just like, no, 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 <laughs> leave it in. I think our audience needs to know that you feel so strongly about yeah, if Even if you met the love of your life, it couldn't be in Arizona. Yeah, because I don't believe there. Would you just make one. him I move?
3: I don't think there is just one. So I I think I would find someone else.
1: You would you would throw away a possible love of your life because he lived in Arizona. Yes. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, I, I don't think you would. I think that if you were put in the position... I don't believe that there's just one. I think that I would find someone else. But when you get that intoxicating, overtaking feeling, that just right, is like... Right, but that's
3: just... It's a chemical reaction. That's
1: not... It's not something that's... <laughs> okay, that would Bill Yeah, jaded. Oh, Jesus. For, I, I'm just very logical. Okay. Like well, you know what? Love's not logical and you just watch out because it's going <laughs> to sneak up on you in the middle of the night. Anyway... Our new nickname for B, we have Chrissy the Frontier, and I'm calling B the H-B-N-I-C, the head bitch not in charge, because if oh, you remember, that. she had bitch carved into her trunk, and she is our head bitch who's not in charge. She it was, has, she, it was she's not in charge of anything. She she bought it like that. Yeah. yeah. She bought it like we got that.
5: Free, free painted, so hey.
1: She got a discount because there was a crime of passion on her vehicle. <laughs> I guess that is kind of like, makes it a little special. It's like, you'll always have that. What's one word you would never I asked Neve this too. What's one word you would want never carved into your trunk? Um a word I couldn't say. Like a Jewish slur probably. Okay. But- <laughs> I was thinking swa- a swastika would be real bad. Yeah, that would be bad. I thought that I thought of that after. It was like, "Oh, cuz then you can't explain that that has nothing to do with you and your feelings." What was your answer? Um I Oh, well, my brother had faggot bitch carved into his the hood of his Jeep, which I thought was really funny. Oh, wow. Uh, Because he stole some guy's girlfriend in high school. So it was like very high school and angry and ignorant. And I thought that that was really like crazy. So probably that, but not that. I guess a swastika is the answer. I guess because honestly, I would
2: feel embarrassingly sad if someone wrote like fatty on my car.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah like yeah. Like, yeah, like fat bitch or right, something. Yeah. yeah, that's true. If they went for your looks, because then you'd just be like, everyone's now examining to see if this is if, true. If when they pass me, right? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to play a quick game of my new game. Do you fear that? Okay. Do you know what the game is?
2: You're going to ask me if I'm scared of something.
1: And then you say yes or no.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: Deep space. Yes. Fire. No. Food in countries you've never been to. Absolutely. The dark? No. Unexpectedly seeing a naked adult? No. Clowns? No. Sleeping alone? No. Getting caught talking to yourself in the car? No. Little person porn? (laughs) No. Germs? Yes. Saying a new word out loud for the first time? No. The idea that you might be the only person in your friend group who doesn't understand the movie you just saw? No, because you can always, like, convince people that you were right, I feel. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's very important as a film critic. You need to have that in the mix. First dates. No. Finding out that you've been suffering from a severe mental illness your entire life. No. Watching mold grow on nature shows. Yes. What you'll see when you look in the mirror. Yes. Lena Dunham's success. No. Dancing in public. No. Singing in public. No. Missing out on events slash parties. No, that's gleeful. Having to go to events slash parties. Yes. That you're a fraud. No. That no one would ever romantically love you if your face got burned off with acid. Yes. Mispronouncing someone's name every time you see them and never being corrected. No. (laughs) Spending a week in Times Square. Yes. Contracting an STD. Yes. Blindly reaching into a bag of jelly beans and putting one in your mouth without looking at it. Going through TSA. No. Needles. Yes. What's in tap water? No. Spending a month or more with your family and only your family. No. Sunday nights. No, I love Sunday nights. Girls. (laughs) That you have bad body odor or breath and no one knows how to tell you. No. Commitment. No. Being homeless or becoming homeless. Is it really like selfish to think you would never become homeless? I don't know that's like one of my biggest fears. It so is? I just yeah. Why? I don't know. I just have like this like got fear that like if I don't hustle constantly and work for my survival that like I could bottom out. But there's so many people who su-
2: like who know you and support you would always like let you stay on their couch or anything.
1: When I say to my boyfriend like I think I might become homeless, like he's like you're not going to be homeless and I'm like so that means you want to move in together? Like I don't I don't, I have a really Way strange way of processing information, and for some reason I always go to I'm going to be homeless if I don't just like work, work, work. Hmm. Yeah, that's why you're successful though, Gun, because your drive's right. I'm, like, I'm actually really broke. Nature Box sponsor us. Uh, change. <laughs> yes. Accidentally falling in love with a stripper or sex worker. Yes. Vomiting. That's actually my number one fear. Christina too. Shut up, a metaphobia. Yes.
3: Oh my God, me, you, Matt Lauer, <laughs> don't, Yeah. When's the last time you threw up? Oh, like a, oh, a year and a half
2: ago, <gasps> but before that, it was like five years. Okay, I'm, I'm literally scared to say this. I haven't thrown up since I was eight.
1: What? Wow, that's really good. That's awesome. Yeah,
2: that's amazing. I'm terrified.
1: It's actually. I find it very. Re- I find it to be a great release. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I don't. I'm not pro. I'm not like a bulimic but or something. A lot of people are like that. Like, but I. Re- I'm like I, I cry I'm, every single time that it, it happens. Why? What was the year and a half ago? I was incident? drunk. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Was,
3: so it was I your own fault. Yeah. Yeah, normally I don't drink that much, particularly for that reason, Um, but I guess I was celebrating, and
2: I was just like, fuck it, and I hadn't eaten. And once you threw (laughs) up, this is what everyone says, it's like exposure therapy, so you're still scared of it after you threw up.
3: Yeah. I'm not, it's not like, I just really, Yeah. Yeah, I need to go to exposure therapy. I for think that it, that would be like, good
1: if we start just poking stuff down your throat, <laughs> guys. No, but it's not just me puking; it's also like when
3: other people do it. Yeah, right, it's the worst. It gives me the worst anxiety. I'll
1: stick a chopstick down my throat in your presence. I have no problem. <laughs> I'll do it right now for you the love throw up of the right game. Now for like str- nothing. Yeah, just for the love of the game. Why oh, not? We're having fun gosh. here. Please advise. Um, <laughs> bugs. No. Being fisted. Yes. Unusually good-looking people, like exceptionally good-looking people. Yes. Okay. The dentist. Yes. Death. Yes. Knowing what your hot dog is actually made of. I don't eat hot dogs. Crying in public. No. Being with a girl who's crying in public. No. Being arrested for a murder that you didn't commit. Yes. Heights. Yes. The idea that your worst enemy might be correct and you are, in fact, terrible. Yes. 50. Birds. (laughs) Are you afraid of birds? No. Okay, that's do you fear that? I think we learned a lot about you.
3: Vomiting, vomiting. being your
1: number one fear is very interesting to me.
3: Does it make you afraid? Like, are, do you want children at some point? Sorry if this is a whole like. No, this is I. Yeah. I that is part of.
2: I, yeah, it's an I issue. I think about
3: that all the time. And like, how awful of a mother I would be because I couldn't help morning sickness or kid. helping
2: the puking kid. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Both. Well, as I just told Malls before this, I just came from my best friend having. Um, I just met her baby for the yeah. first time which was amazing and um, she had like a great pregnancy didn't throw up at all like and I was like I think this was very helpful for me to see that like it's not always like in the movies where people are like oh I'm always
3: throwing up
1: yeah.
2: yeah
3: it's more so for me not being able to help the puking kid mm-hmm. if I don't go to exposure therapy but yeah
1: if you see someone puke in a movie do you like does that yeah. do something to you a little bit yeah I know because on two broke girls we did cover that's actually one. I
3: think that's how it started for me it's because I saw um What was that movie? Uh, Yeah, Phoenix was in it. Uh, River Phoenix was in it. Stand By Me? Stand By Me. And they had the pie eating contest. And it's like everyone's just puking. Yeah.
1: Well, I know on network television you aren't allowed to show vomit actually coming out of the mouth. You can show the – you can hear the noise and you can see the after result. You can see, like, the puke stain. But you (laughs) can't – I'm sorry. Yeah. This maybe this is your first uh, exposure therapy. Session. I've been
2: to exposure therapy. So for did vomiting. you have to watch pe- videos of people puking? And stuff that stuff you? doesn't bother me as much. So like they, what they would do is starting so they incite um, a panic attack. So you'd like literally like run up the stairs. Like you'd have to like you know twirl around in a chair. Start to get the sensation dizzy, sweating that you'd get when you're panicking. And each time we'd do a little more. And what was supposed to work up to me act to like me taking um, Ipecac and like throwing up. And as it moved along, I was like, I'm just not going to do that. And they were like, well, then this isn't going to work. And I was like,
1: deuces. Did you do that in L.A.? Yep.
2: Oh, wow. So we can hook Christina up with that. No. That sounds That sounds really,
1: really upsetting. Like, that just not doesn't enjoyable. even sound yeah. like that's how you would get over anything. In fact, that seems like a whole new set of traumas.
2: But it's like, isn't that the thing? If you're scared of snakes, like, or you're air, scared of an right. airplane, you do that, like, Weird fake but, airplane. But I feel
1: like if you drank Ipecac, it wouldn't be just like one time puking. You would puke for a couple hours. Oh, yeah, there. no, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Actually, you know what? Um, You guys should maybe look in a past life regression because a lot of times deep, deep fears like that link back to your past lives. Oh, no. There was also because like in
3: the first grade, I sat next to a girl who puked every day for a week.
1: <gasps> oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. That was tough when like someone's rotini and meat sauce would hit the floor in class <laughs> and then you'd all have to go stand out in the hallway. Why? They- they Mom's why. Yeah, <laughs> when they put the sawdust on it. Yeah. It's what? Not- I remember one time this kid puked in such an ugly way and the teacher like started to file us out of the classroom. She's like, don't look at him. Don't look at him. Don't look at it. And I was like, ah! Like, I was, like, like She was afraid we were going to shame him, but also he was like one of the worst people in our classes. So I was like, why are we sparing him right now? Like this is payback don't for everything he's put us through all year. Um, so you're super fabulous and awesome. We've established lists. We know your fears. We know your weak spots. Do you want to do please advise. Let's do it. Girl. Okay, let's do it.
4: Hey, Molls. This is Sarah from Newcastle in England. Um, I've noticed that you recommend a lot of NARS and Stila products. I'm sick of buying makeup and just basically finding out that it's absolutely rubbish. I was wondering if you had any recommendations.
1: Thank you. Please advise. You're right. I do love NARS and Stila. I try to stay away from MAC except for their like special release products like I bought Ririwoo, Rihanna's lipstick it cost me $46 because it was so limited edition and it was like just one stick yeah and it's fantastic it's fan it's a great red but um, I try to stay away from MAC for the most part because it's a little dry, queeny. My, it's hard to, like, make it light. It mm-hmm. has really strong pigments, and I prefer a lighter pigment because I have a heavy hand. Um, <laughs> I also, like, um, I just have been getting involved with Gorgeous Cosmetics, and their lip pencils are great. Their eye pencils are great. And I'm just really all about, like, a good mascara. Like, if I could pick one thing, it would be What's mascara. your favorite mascara? Um... I tend to go on the cheaper side for mascaras because I feel like you need to re-up them a lot. So I usually do go with like a Maybelline Great Lash or like... Wow, if, OG. Yeah. Or if there's like a... Well, I mean, it's just... It's like the industry standard. Like you can go to any set, any makeup thing in the world and they're going to have that mascara. Someone always has that mascara. So um, yeah, black is black though. Got to go dark, dark black. What do you like?
2: I'm very into makeup. Um, and I use a lot of Laura Mercier. Um, but recently my thing is like brows. Like I decided about a year ago, I was like, I want, I want a bold brow. Like I'm over this. Yeah. And so I went to benefit and I got this like, uh, it's, I guess it's like like a, it's like a mascara wand with brown stuff
1: on it yeah 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 i know
2: exactly what you're talking about but it like change like it makes them real dark and like once you get used to it you're like yes i do love benefit
1: i do and on the if you want like drugstore end of things i think covergirl makes a really good product that's very similar to that it's like their brow like there's a pencil on one end and then like a mascara thing on the other end that you just kind of swipe over your brows at the end to kind of clean it all up do you wear makeup every day no I actually try to wear it as like infrequently as possible Do you because I just I think it's like I do like coverage on my face every day. And when I'm in Massachusetts, I wear makeup every day because I just think that the, the wet like the climate there can be like the breeze is so tough on That's your face. That's so interesting. Yeah. So I always like use that for almost even just like protection from weather. But uh, yeah. Do you wear makeup every day?
2: I, like, growing up had a thing. Like, I, like, would not leave the house without makeup. Um, And it kind of, like, stayed with me. But slowly, I'm getting – like, on weekends, if I'm, like – I mean – if I'm by myself like I won't but I still have it like with your boyfriend he's seen you like hideous without boyfriend without oh makeup. my god
1: yeah I mean I'm, I won't lie to you like for the first six months we were dating I was like every time we'd hang out I'd like get a blow dry like put on a set of lashes like find some like I would go buy a new outfit like I was for the first six months we were dating I like showed up to his house flawless every day but um I, uh, yeah, I've just, you know, I mean, we know, I mean, we've both seen each other really sick. We've both seen each other, like, I mean, there's no secrets in our relationship. In fact, he found my fingernail in a bin- piece of banana bread once. Like, I mean, we're just, like, uh, like, we're n- natural did, but did at this he eat point. It? Uh, no, but he did think it was very funny. He didn't think it was, like, did that's. he eat the nail or the banana bread? He ate the banana bread, and then he's, like, what, what is this, like, thing? And then it, it actually had pink nail polish on it. Oh, my I'm- God. <laughs> yeah so um well, maybe that made him feel a little better like it was definitely yours and not someone else's yeah i think that that i think that that's what he thought was like kind of cute about it and he can proceed it it was gluten-free like i tried really hard i just happened to get a, a fingernail in the Are nails gluten? yeah, i don't know actually i probably do have gluten in my nail polish i wonder if people like people probably only like gluten-free people only use like zoya Okay. that like completely chemical free nail polish that probably like goes off after two seconds yeah, yeah. actually it's, it's kind of decent but i do find like organic beauty products to be kind of a snooze um hey, nick. Hey. oh nick the roommate's here <laughs> who is this man in a wife beater with a big tat on his arm <laughs> <laughs> this is nick the roommate he's sometimes our special guest this is amy kaufman hey, hi what's going on you have some mail you're always mailing something. Always no, re- he's, he's the
3: nice
2: roommate who gets the mail because I never check the mailbox. <laughs> Listeners should know that Nick is what I would describe as swole. <laughs> <laughs> that means you're like such a gym rat. Like one that of those guys is like, I'm not usually as
1: like, whatever. <laughs> How many days a week do you work out? Uh, five. To six. He was on the Saddle Ranch reality show on VH1. Do you remember that? That was a thing that's where i always say if you like have someone who's visiting la and you don't know what to do with them just drop them off at the saddle ranch just like (laughs) just yeah just just go here you'll get your fucking experience and then you i don't have to deal with you having friends visit la is kind of annoying kind of can i throw that out there it's like because everyone thinks like oh it's like vacation like you want to party and it's like no dude like i am like kind of over this whole thing i've lived here nine years it's like i don't want to go pick you up at fucking lax which is three and a half hours away like, and
2: people are like you know when i take them around after the day they're like man like you really do have to sit in your car so much and there's so much traffic i'm like uh usually i'm not going from abbott kinney to los filas to like whatever driving everyone around showing you all like griffith park and everything i mean yeah it's like, ugh.
1: eight dollar parking at that hollywood Boulevard Walk of Fame. This is a very, like, SNL Californian
3: conversation. (laughs) And it's true. It goes to show you that it is true. People in LA do talk about traffic all the time.
1: Yeah, it really is. It's, I like, I'm all about my roots now. Like, today I just did it, instead of getting in my car and putting on my GPS, which I always do, I just did, went to straight to list steps. I memorized it, and I was like, this is the fastest route to get to Christina's today. But that's, like... Was it the 134? It was the 134 to Barham, and then, like, yeah. So, anyway, I... And then Coanga to the no, bridge. Yeah. But then I do, I, uh, it's just, it's a lot of anxiety. Like it is emotional. That's why I think the Californians is is absolutely right. Because there is drama. Like when I was leaving your house, I was like, okay, so it's the 134. I know that that's the freeway that I have a hard time like getting over on. And you were saying you were afraid of the this freeway too. This is why you too. don't go on the freeway. Yeah.
2: I literally don't drive on the freeway.
1: So you just go, I mean, how would you get to like Glendale from where you live?
2: I would go like across, like through Los Feliz.
1: Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, some, I'm not gonna lie, I did that a lot when I first moved out there, and then I just was like, because the 134 takes me here, it takes me to boyfriends, like it's just it takes me to all the studios. So I, st- I just got comfortable with the 134, the way that I used to be with the 10. The we 10, are 10 really to reinforcing be my some stereotypes right now. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, if you live in LA, you have to have a favorite freeway. Like
2: that's Do you. I well, I would think, you get one of? those... Have you seen those necklaces that are like? heart one like they have like different freeways on them no it'll be like 110
1: oh my god i love that does anyone like part the
2: 405 like
1: no every everyone hates the 405 b is b is in total agreement the 405 is a bummer
2: wait um i'm sorry i'm distracted by you having a male roommate can we discuss this like is that weird no there's no sexual tension no no (laughs) no how long has always been a guy who's lived here? Uh, we've lived together for a year and a half. It'll be two years in October. What When? When? What about when you guys have like significant others over or just randos?
1: They don't really take care of business here, I don't think, in this house. I think this is not where the business goes down. I think this is a retreat. I think both Nick, Nick and Christina take it on the road.
2: <laughs> and she's moving on. She's like backing away from me. Anyway. Yeah.
1: Um, so um okay so yeah that's those are the makeups we like yeah
2: <laughs> I hope we but i don't question. know like what's in the uk or where was she from
1: she's definitely from the uk yeah. yeah i mean i i loved going into when i was in london Get last the year london look yeah <laughs> girl rimmel but i did love going into all of the um like pharmacies in london and looking at their beauty products that was like one of my favorite things to do when i was in london it was just like fuck history i did enjoy the theater but mostly i want to know like what kind of lip glosses do you have over here right do they have sephora in the uk i wonder i don't know like, what is your
2: makeup emporium i don't know
1: tell us it's definitely not ulta i'll tell you that
2: ulta is so <laughs> d-list um i just drove by ulta you know the one on P- pico i'm sorry we're doing <laughs> all these streets um and I always think of the Kardashians now since that's where they sell their Kardashian oh. stuff. And I'm like, is Ulta a popular thing? I only know it because of the Kardashians.
1: I feel like it's probably big. in like, like, I feel like it's the Sephora of the Midwest. If I had to guess, like, I feel like they have a lot of Ultas in like Virginia and like also like Idaho. There's probably an Ulta and like that just like in random states that probably don't have Sephora's as, as plentiful as we do. Have you ever
2: tried a Kardashian product? Like a makeup product?
1: Um, No, not the – no. I'm trying to think. I think I did buy something, but I don't know what it was. Have you? No. I um, I might have
2: bought like an eyeshadow once in CVS just like – Right. For that oh.
1: sake. I bought a bunch of their – when they did uh, an OPI collaboration with the Nicole brand, the spinoff brand mm-hmm. of OPI. I bought uh, Chloe Loves a Little Lamb Lamb or Chloe Found a Little Lamb Lamb. Oh, which is actually yeah it's sad. I went to for work for, for guys this is for
2: work I promise. The unbreakable launch party. Oh. Um with Chloe and Lamar because I was writing a story about it was when their show first came on. Yeah. And um
3: their unisex perfume for anyone who doesn't know. Thank yeah. you.
2: Yes. And um <laughs> It was, and then I, I brought it home, and um, the box was just like all pictures. Of it. Remember, it was like them naked and yeah, like yeah, making yeah. out. And then we just like would spray it all around the apartment, but then we feel
1: sick. So Did it, it smell? Was, good? It, it wasn't great. No, it was not. Okay. Well,
2: I think it retailed for like. It doesn't sell anymore either. Obviously.
1: Well, yeah, I know people are like, that's a curse. That's yeah, so curse it wasn't lotion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Extremely breakable. Okay, next call.
4: Hey malls. this is Nora calling from washington d c twenty three years old love the pod. My mom actually introduced me to you, which is hilarious um and I'm driving home to see her in central virginia and a cop just passed me and did not pull me over <laughs> anyway, not my question um i recently um decided to get sober um I went to IOP about a year ago, was sober for about 120 days, and then, you know, kind of got back into it. Um, And anyway, finally, I'm on all the right medications and, like, really jazzed about, like, staying clean and all that. Um, But I'm really struggling with how to sort of disclose this information to people that I meet or people my age. Um, Not a ton of... 23-year-old sober people within my friend group. Um, So I was just curious what your general attitude is towards, like, you know, telling people whether or not you're sober or, you know, just making it a non-issue. If you think it maybe makes people uncomfortable, that's what I've found. And then follow-up question, um, don't know if you are still working on your Uh, ebook (laughs) that you mentioned a little while ago um something to the effect of the alcoholic bitch who ruined my life um not sure if you're still working on that um if you are that's awesome if you aren't you know so cool
1: hi dora okay first of all i so appreciate that you mentioned that a cop just passed you and didn't pull you over because that is all i think whenever i see a cop on the road i'm like that could have been me could have been me so i feel you on that um Yes, I did. Just to answer this up front, my, the alcoholic bitch who ruined your life, I ruined your life, uh, is coming out on May 12th. It's available for pre order now. And if you email your receipt of your pre order to mallsbookcontest at gmail.com, we're going to pick one of you. At the on May twelfth, when the book goes live, and I'm going to send you a rehab care package full of all sorts of things that you would need if you went to rehab to get through the experience. Um, I went to rehab for one week, and I was kind of strong-armed into it, and it was very impulsive. But I will say that I don't know. I think that every person's relationship with their substance use and or abuse is very personal and I find that I found that AA and the program and in the addiction culture was very black and white and I just didn't see that I had never like I didn't have a bottom like I didn't rob a bank I, I like what led me to go there was like there was a couple times that I got drunk and I was a little bit mean and I didn't like that I was having a personality change when I was drinking that was ultimately what led me to my decision to be sober now I don't know I maintain my sobriety for 64 days and now once in a while I'll have like a glass of wine on the weekends with my boyfriends, like we'll drink with dinner. Um, but I'm certainly not blowing it out the way that I have in the past where I'm just like Chardonnay at noon. Um, because when you write for yourself and you kind of have a creative profession, you was, I, when I was writing for TV, I had three months off a year to do whatever the fuck I wanted. And when I lived in Austin, I would just get like sauced, but like, that's what everyone does in Austin. So I just started to develop a little bit of an unhealthy relationship. And I think I needed to like break the bone and reestablish some things. And I talk about that in the book. Um, But, uh, you know, how to tell friends you're sober. I don't know about you, Amy, but I feel like I've always been around at least one person in like a bar or wherever that's just sipping on Diet Coke. In fact, that person is me. I don't drink. You don't drink? Why don't you drink? Uh, I don't really have like a reason
2: I'd never uh, just never really been into it like I don't like the taste and yeah I'm a little bit of a control freak but um, it's interesting that this question was asked because I feel like um, I'm single and I go on a lot of uh, online dates and yeah. that's of course you, you meet for drinks it's like what you do right um, and to me it's like you can drink DC you can drink whatever I'm not gonna not go to a bar like I ride right. with other people drinking. But um, it's the first thing that comes up when you don't order a drink. And people always ask like it's they act like it's so weird.
3: Like you're an alien. There's...
1: Totally. And some yeah. people do. But you want to know what that is? That's the mirror that exactly. a lot of people who have addiction have, which is that hearing that someone else is doesn't drink or doesn't participate in like party culture. Like they're like, "Ew, that's weird about you. Not like, oh, maybe the fact that I have to go out on a first date and like get drunk in order to handle the pressure of being on a first date is a problem for me. People, that's the mirror of addiction. Like that's what people do when you tell them that you're sober. That's what people do. That's why it freaks so many people out. You don't have to say like, I'm sober. Right. You don't, you don't have to say that. You can just say like, I just don't care for it or it doesn't, it doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't, I don't mix well with it. You know, you don't have to announce be like your I've been in AA
2: for like X Y Z days. Like, no, I would well, Yeah, I agree. Do not have to go into the store. You are not obligated to it all, especially if it's a first date. Yeah. Um. And with your, if you are with your friends, I would. Well, she, I guess the question she was asking it sounded like how is she going to reveal this to sort of people? I think she's that known. yeah,
1: or she's like you know when she's at a bar with a group of people and maybe she she knows most of them, but she doesn't know all of them, and they're out and they're like, what do you want like for this round? And she's like Diet Coke, and they're like, wait, what? That's what I think she was asking about. Like, what do I say in that moment? And I think bringing up your bringing up days of of alcoholic anonymous chips and stuff that can be very that can be very uh, it just is. it's not fair to you, actually, is really what it is.
3: It's also none of their business. It's
1: none of their business. But people but that doesn't mean that people don't ask Like people are like, and I think if I was in that, I don't know if I would ask
3: because I don't think it's my business, but I mean, yeah.
1: Oh, I've definitely been the girl that's like, wait, you're not drinking? What? Like, I've definitely been that. But like, I, I understand now like that it just, there was a long period of my life where I could not imagine being in a party situation and not being like a ball of anxiety and just like without having like a couple of drinks. Like to me going to a party meant, oh, we're going to drink tonight, take an Uber. Like That's what it means to like a lot of most people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um and that's, you know, I think also very important to understand too is that like that's kind of where I started to negotiate with myself about, you know, am I going to drink again? Am I not going? To, is this okay? Because the first time I I drank after having 64 days was at a wedding. And I was like, this feels like an appropriate a celebratory yeah. environment. Yeah. And, and it, it was the drunkest wedding I've ever been at in the sense that like everyone there was like wasto, and like, it was like, there was open bars in every single corner of the place. And so I just said like, you know, I think I've, I'm going to test having a glass of wine tonight. And I had two glasses of wine and I remember being like, and I'm done here. Good. Like close, close that off. And it was all good. Um, Have your friends started
2: treating you differently? Like, do they, like, come on, malls, just have some fun. Like, are they doing that now? No, not at all. In fact,
1: like, I feel that my going, I have a lot of guilt um, associated with not drinking because I feel that going away to rehab, like, what happened to me in there, which is all covered in the book, put my friends through so much Mm -hmm. and put my family through so much that if anything, like, At a certain point, I felt like I wasn't drinking sometimes just to like make everyone feel okay. Make them proud. Yeah. Yeah. Or like just like, because it was a whole, it was a whole like ordeal. You know, it was a big deal. Like Christina stayed with Wags for a week. Like my boyfriend and Ed didn't sleep or eat for a whole week. Like they were both like just destroyed over it. My mom was really worried and she's 3,000 miles away. So uh, yeah, it just was. Guys, are you yeah. not so
2: intrigued to read Maul's book now? I'm like, this is some deep shit. I'm yeah, excited. it's weird. I, I mean, I'm perversely yeah. excited,
1: I guess. Yeah, no, I think it'll be fun. I'll send you a cop. Um, but yeah, so I just, I think that you just need to figure out what is comfortable for you in be- somewhere in between, oh, no, I don't, I just don't drink, and Eh, I kind of had my I kind of had my phase with alcohol like I would make a joke of it but that's my personality like I'd be like oh like I went to rehab JK don't give me a drink like I would be very like just because I wanted to make it light like I wanted to have a like a lightness about what can be perceived as a very heavy thing and not come off as judgmental but I also didn't know a lot of people in my life that didn't know I was going through that at that point so it was kind of like an unspoken thing um but yeah Another excuse a lot of
3: times people throw out is um, to say that they're allergic or something like that. Yeah. But I don't I don't really ever buy that as an excuse. I don't know. I think
1: actually, I think that I am allergic to alcohol because of the way that my reaction to it has changed over my adult life, which is why like if I do drink, I drink like two glasses of wine and then like cut it off because I do think that I might have some sort of allergy to alcohol. Definitely liquor. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. I I so if you don't drink what what's sort of like your vice,
3: how do you unwind at the end of the day or like
2: I don't know, like hang out with my dog? I'm like a loser. I don't really I really I don't go to bars or parties and like I've faced so much of I went to USC which is like frat land. Right. Um so I feel like my whole college experience and my whole dating life experience has just been like a barrage of people being like what the heck? Like why do you have like a stick up your ass? Like did it you know, and it's just like yeah. just like let me be me. Yeah. Um, but I sometimes I do wish like it would be I feel like, you know, it would be fun to go out and like have that just
1: what the the vibe you're talking about. Like right. we're
2: going out, we're Ubering, like it's like a thing. Yeah. Um but I don't. But
1: here's the thing is that when I look back on all my years of like partying and I did party really hard, especially when I was like doing the whole blogging thing and like working from home because I was trapped indoors all day. So the only time I would get to like leave my house and go do something would be nighttime. And like, what do you do at night? You go to a bar. So like I went to the cha-cha lounge or some gay bar almost every single night for like three years. And, um, you know, then I moved next door to sew house and got myself a membership and I would just like walk over after work sometimes and like, quote unquote, check out, like, I don't there has never been a, a crazy fight that I've been in or a um, serious accident or anything like that. Some sort of like big mistake that wasn't fueled by alcohol. Like when I I mean, I, of course, I make mistakes in my life all the time. But anything or I'm like, well, that got out of control. Usually one person in the mix was drinking and drinking too much. It's so. great that you can recognize that. Oh, totally. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Like, I mean, like when I started to get mean when I was drinking, I was like, that is just fundamentally like not who I am. Like, I know I come off snarky on the internet or whatever else, but like, I'm not a mean person. Like if anything, I try to be like a champion of everyone around me. So like, I had a really difficult time with the fact that I was saying anything mean, you know?
3: Yeah. I think this is one of the first things I actually learned about you when I started getting to know you. I think people think that you're that sort of person the mall's personality or the Twitter personality that you put up is who you are all the time. But that's not really, you're actually a really sweet person. Thanks girl. I mean, <laughs> and look,
1: I bust your balls all the time. Like I'm like, Christina's titties are in a house plant right now. She takes it down when I come over now. And I think it's like, no, it's because it keeps getting po- caught in bees hair. Bee, you need to maybe find a new seat because that plant is Franklin, a very important Franklin, part Franklin, of our family. Franklin. Franklin um, yeah Christina's son so but yeah no I bust your balls all the time I'm definitely a ball buster but I never intend to be mean so I was just like getting like ugh, it just was bad and so I you know I I think that I will be sober again at some point in my life my mom decided at like 51 she's like 52 now like she was like I don't think alcohol is a good look on me anymore and so she just doesn't drink and I was like mom is that hard for you and she's like no and I was like do you miss it she's like no She's like, I had a glass of wine in Prague with your stepdad. It was like a very, very nice bottle of wine he bought. And so I had a glass of wine in Prague. But like it was because it was part of the experience. And she's like, I didn't like love it or want more or feel like I needed to do it again the next day. Mm -hmm. So. I think that because I have quit other things in my life in that way, like, I just, one time I just stopped smoking pot.
2: You're like an all or nothing person. And
1: I didn't, yeah, I just was like, I don't want to smoke pot anymore. And I didn't smoke pot for a year and a half. Like, n- like didn't, like, I'm, I've am i never, like, there's never been, like, a drug that I've returned to, really. Like, anything like that. Uh, so... Yeah, I think that this is just like another example of that. Like, I'll probably just like get into collaging and like want to just be in like my art room in, you know, whatever house I live in. It's very
3: uh, Rosie O'Donnell of you.
1: Yeah, I do. I see myself with a lot of kids and like doing art in my house and writing short stories and selling them. That sounds magical to me. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That's what I want. I also want to be Dr. Laura, but you do. Oh my God, yeah. Well, not I guess bigoted. that's duh. Look at this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not bigoted, but I uh, do like to tell people what to do with their lives. So, yeah, there's that. There you go. Um, okay. I hope we help you, Dora. This is um, quite the predicament, but I do think that, you know, you're only 23, hun. Like, there's, n- I know you're surrounded by probably drunken maniacs because that's what everyone is when they're 23. They're all like, you know, everyone's out at the bar. At least you're not in college anymore. I'm proud of you. That's a huge accomplishment. Um, I do find, I did find AA to be a very soothing experience. Like, I actually will sometimes go even though like I still have a drink from now now and then. I It's like, it was what church used to feel like to me on Sunday where it's like, this is just a check-in. This is like, you know, people with like minds getting together and talking about something that they all are dealing with in a belief that we all have and, I found it to be a really soothing experience. So, I do think that that community community is really great and if you're in it, it's so loving. And I've never been around a group of people that in especially in LA that were so immediately friendly and supportive. That's nice. So, I,
2: my therapy actually is a group, which is weird. Um, oh, like I used to go to just a normal therapist, but he specializes in group therapy, and there's no like subject to the group. It's just like people. <laughs> that is um,
1: really interesting. It is really
2: interesting. And you can't hang out with them outside of the group because, like, then people would be closer friends, which, right. of course, drives me nuts because I'm, like, you love get really them. close You to love them by now, yeah. Yeah. It, or I'm, like, so curious about, like, their lives. And they're all, like, no, my group is separate. And maybe it's because, like, I'm a journalist. Like, I – one time by accident, the therapist sent out um, an email to all of us and I got everyone's email. Okay. And I, like, immediately saved them all and I, like, Googled everyone's, like, fucking name and everything, so – that was bad, but uh, it's I, I love a group environment. Have you ever been to like even Weight Watchers?
1: No, I've never been to Weight Watchers, but I do want to go to this seminar at LAX called uh, "Satisfying Men" or "Celebrating Celebrating Men, Satisfying Women." It basically is supposed to teach straight women how to interpret the like difference in like communication that they have with men and like basically cut down that wall that's like full of questions that so many women feel they have when they're like when they say something to a a guy that they're dating and they don't understand why to him that's crazy right it's supposed to teach you about all of those different things and of course part of me just like I'm like genuinely curious but then the other part of me is like I want to go see this freak show so (laughs) let us know that is that sounds enlightening yeah. yeah but did you you did Weight Watchers
2: did you like it? I've done it on and off throughout the years. Um, It's always fun when you're like one of the younger people because it's a lot of like moms and stuff. Um, And uh, at the time I was like, you know, I was overweight, but like, you know, like that line on girls where she's like, I've been 15 pounds overweight my whole life. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's how I felt. It was at me at the time. And so everyone else there, a lot of them were like struggling with like, you know, a hundred pounds or. Yeah. And so I was like, I felt so good there. Like I was on the right track and everyone was supportive and they'd be like, why are you even trying to lose weight? Like, and I was like, uh, guys, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's like I felt weird for a long time. I was like, why are these 50 year old ladies making me feel good? But like, it's the only place you can go to talk about like yes, this is the best 150 calorie snack and like, you know, it's a point system and like all, you know. Um, I, I do like think that.
1: that point system would be super addictive. Like that could be what I channel all my energy into moving forward. It's <laughs> you don't just need like, to lose weight though. But I think that there's, like I'm big into portion control. Like that's my thing. Like take three bites and throw it in the trash. Oh my god. Like I'm crazy like that. That's the, that's the one thing I do that's like really embarrassing and wasteful is like I will just like just no. And I at at a certain point I'm like it doesn't even go in the fridge cuz I know I'll like midnight snack that. So like I just throw it in the trash. Wow. That's control. Or she yeah. gives it to me. Or I give it to you. <laughs> what do I give you? Um whenever we go out and we have like leftovers. Oh yeah. And- yeah, I send you home with them. Yeah, that's true, but that's just most of the time because I'm I can be like weird about Leftover? leftovers, which I know is like uh that's layover from when I had money. That's like that's when that that's where that comes in because when I was like working at the show like I'd go buy like a really expensive dinner take like 15 bites and then just like never look back just be like no take it and they're like did you have a problem with it there's so much left and I'm like no just take it so that yeah that's like a a leftover I would never bring leftovers home not because of I just because they'd sit in my fridge and rot you know so anyway Okay, Dor, so you sound awesome, and we would love to hear updates from you if you find yourself in any situations that you want to talk about again. Keep us updated. You're part of the fam, and God
5: bless. Hi, Molls. Um, this is Krista from L.A. I don't know why I felt the need to say that, um, but I have a little question. I recently went out with of my friends, and one of my best girlfriends here in L.A., um, was, like, I brought this guy along, and he, like, seemed really cool, and, like, she was clearly with him, and I guess they had been, like, talking for, like, a week or so, and he very clearly, like, in front of everyone, including her, like, she was kind of, like, not paying attention to it, I guess. I don't really know what the deal was, but very clearly was, like, hitting on me the whole time. The entire time we were out, like, kept going outside with me, like, have cigarettes, and, like, just, like, kind of, like, getting touchy-feely, like, a little bit more so than is, like, friendly, and like, we had a lot more in common than he did, we were talking about movies, and I was, like, trying to, like, curb the conversation because it just felt weird that, like, he was not talking to her at all. At the end of the night, he kind of hinted that he didn't really want to sleep in her bed, and he wanted to sleep on the couch with me until, like, she came out and gestured for him to come into her room. It was just, like, it was bizarre, and she now tells me, like, today, this was, like, a week ago, and she told me today that they are, like, exclusively dating now. And she's, like, so excited and so perfect, and it's too good to be true. And, like, we're all kind of, like, what the fuck? Like, why? Like, did you not see, like, what happened? Like, so I'm concerned because I love her. And I don't want her to enter into a relationship with someone who is, A, sleazy enough to hit on one of her really good friends, like, in front of her, and, B, like, is sleazy enough to hit on other people while he's with her. So, like, I don't know if I should say something, or like, like, about it, because, like, there were moments where she wasn't around, where he was being kind of shifty, and I kind of had to, like, back away. So, I don't know if she thought all of it. Like, clearly, she is not concerned about it, so... I don't know like what's going on in their relationship, but yeah, Um I don't really know what to do because I love her and I don't want her to get involved with someone shitty. So please advise. Thank you.
1: Krista. You yourself have probably dated a really shitty guy that your friends were like, or a shitty person. I don't know what you're into, but you could uh, maybe even an animal. I don't know, but you probably dated someone that your friends were like, "Why, ew!" Or you probably had other friends that you, that have dated people that you're like, "Why, ew!" Bottom line: Stay the fuck out of it. It has nothing to do with you. Like, just, just there's no way you won't lose a friend and cause a major rift in your social group if your friend is that happy with him. Like. You can't, you can't be dropping bombs on her. What do you think? Totes agree. I felt myself getting irrationally mad at this chick. I, I know. know I was call. watching your. Do face. you watch?
2: <laughs> um, do you watch Shaw's of Sunset?
1: Uh, I, I'm in
2: and out. Okay. Well, this season, um, Gigi, uh, she's one of the characters. She, um. Got she she claimed that another guy on the show, Mike, who was very in love with his female, a woman he was about to propose to, that she and Mike had like a year ago that Mike had like come on to her. And just as he was about to propose to this girl, she like came out with it and was like, oh, my God, Mike, like, I can't believe you're about to propose to this girl when you hit on me. So, and you always just felt like Gigi, like you're obsessed with this dude. Like if you, you know, like, yeah. you let them be happy. Um, And that's how I kind of feel about this caller to be honest. You know what
1: I'm getting vibes of her friend of is I'm getting like Ramona vibes where it was like (laughs) during the reunion, like my marriage is fine. My marriage is fine. Move on, next topic. And like like, people, if she's happy with him, she will tell herself whatever it is she needs to tell herself in order to stay in the relationship that she wants to be in. She's probably gonna get her heart broken, but guess what? That's a lesson learned. We've all gotten our heart broken and I've learned a lot from it. I dated shitheads like throughout my 20s like and that was very valuable for me very but also, valuable don't you feel like the examples she was
2: giving of um this dude flirting with her were a little weird like yes going outside and being touchy but like you guys have stuff in common like bfd
1: oh i mean like that i think like they're vibing and okay, like okay, i think okay. that she's like i'm feeling more of like i feel like i'm vibing harder with him than he's vibing with my friend and maybe she feels a little bit of residual guilt about that even though she said she tried to back it off the I don't want to sleep in her room. I'd rather sleep out here on the couch with you. Thing that is that's legit sketch. Yeah. That's legit. Like yeah, I mean maybe he said it because he just didn't want to move. Like oh, like I just want to sleep on this couch right here. Like I could see that happening. Um, but that's like if he's really wasted and like is physically like exhausted and can't move. Uh, I don't I don't know. I think you just stay out of it. And also it's what your friend is gonna do is she's gonna hear that and she's gonna be like wow, Krista's really into herself. Like she, you know. she thinks my boyfriend likes her, yeah. But guess what? We're exclusive. And why would he be exclusive with me if he just last week was – I don't know why. Probably because the guy's a shithead, but you can't do anything about right. it. In no scenario is she going to be like, oh, my God, you're such a good friend. Thank you so
2: much. He's a horrible guy. We're breaking up, and you're still my BFF. Like, no.
1: He'd never admit to it if she confronted him. Like, there's just no way. It's just – it's not – This sadly, you're going to have to just watch your friend struggle through this one. And maybe it'll turn out that that night was a fluke. I think that sometimes like people can have off nights and be weirdos. And then you like see them together for a really long time. And you're like, you know what? Actually, I like him with her. That's good. That's he's good for her. But you can you can come around to people. But you got to give her a chance to learn her lesson first. Right. There you go. So we had a pretty lengthy conversation with Neve Shulman a couple weeks back and we got a letter about something that came up in our conversation that I really wanted to address because I just think this is an important subject for me to sound off on in terms of how I feel about you guys, how I genuinely love all of you and how even though this is technically a pot, like a comedy podcast. This is not to be taken I'm not a doctor. I have a film degree from Boston College. Like I am not in a position to be like changing your lives. But um I do think that this is important. So Amy's gonna read the letter that we got.
2: Dearest Malls, I just listened to your podcast featuring Neve Shulman and I was, as you would say, VM suit. As a grown-ass woman in my early 30s, I cannot abide by men my age with loads of experience and baggage trifling with sweet pea little 19-year-old virgins because they're insecure about their sexual skills. I'm already pee not into Neve. I can assume that means pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have friends who went to college with him and, oh lordy, but please tell me that you do not condone this either. I'm sure your position as host makes it a little harder to speak truth, but you seem to tacitly go along with what he said and encourage him. A lot of your listeners are beautiful babies and I feel like it's your responsibility to protect them and put the kibosh on this kind of bullshit. I really hate to challenge you since you've given me really great advice, but as someone who was fucked around with by a lame whimster 30-year-old at the tender age of 18 and had very serious self-esteem issues, anxiety, and a hefty therapy bill as a direct result of said fuckery, I had to say something. Love you, girl, but I majorly disagree with how this was handled. Three sad face emojis.
1: What I want to say about this is that the interview with me was different than anything we've done on the show simply because I didn't feel like he was my friend. I felt like I was straight up interviewing someone. And to me, it felt very important to let him just go. To Why just did it feel speak. that way? Because it just, he's not my friend. And he had just gone through something very sensitive for him. And he graciously showed up the day after, like, kind of a shitstorm happened in his life and did an interview with me. But when he started to call... When he called his college girlfriend's virginity like a prize, I believe it was, because he said it felt like he really had to earn it and that there's something great about being the guy that's earned the trust of a girl to give her him uh, give him her virginity. I, uh, I just wanted to hear what he was going to say next. And even though I knew that what he was saying was like very kind of creepy to me as well because I don't... I, I just think... I don't know. I, I every the way that people lose their virginity is all very different. I don't think Neve was saying that he wanted to go take a 19 year old girl's virginity now, but I did think that the way that he was saying it was not necessarily evolved. And one thing that I have learned from my King Howard Stern. Oh my God love is that you just need to let them talk sometimes because that's when the interesting stuff comes out and if I had gone up against him and said so wait you think taking a virginity is a prize i so defensive yeah. shut down yep. and I didn't want that for this I wanted I want him to tell me and, and to feel as comfortable as possible with me and to be honest, the subject matter made me uncomfortable, so that was even more difficult for me to go up against him because I wanted to continue. I knew I had more podcasts to go. I wanted to continue with him being open, and I also didn't really know how to verbalize my thoughts on what was being said at the time, so I just continued to suggest my, uh, not agreement with him, but interest in what he was saying and kind of check out on what I was saying and more just letting him talk. What did, what did you feel Christina at that time? I think I had like a very visceral reaction to
3: some of the things that he said. Um, And it's also important just to be sort of an objective party in, in all this. And the important thing is to let the viewers form their own opinion on what he's saying versus interjecting your own thoughts sometimes on what the interview is. Um, you know, this isn't Iyana's fix my life, you know, because like, right. I feel like Ianla would have been like, that's what you think? Yeah. Isn't there something
1: wrong with that? And part but of like, me wanted to you, do that. When,
3: right. And you. there have been other instances on this podcast where you've challenged someone on their opinion of something. Right. But when you're trying to get an answer about something, you have to, like, be in a comforting environment, um, no judgment. You have to let the person talk. And sometimes, you know, that's how you really get to the nut of what they're trying to say.
1: Exactly. And I also want to say that I have a great respect for my listeners. And I didn't think they were buying into this rhetoric. Like, in my mind, it was such a ridiculous thing that was being said that I was like, surely none of if you found me, that means you probably are like looking into a very specific section of the Internet. And you are probably a decently smart person with good opinions about yourself. Like, I don't have a lot of losers hanging around. And I figure that you probably would hear that and and know that that's ridiculous. And also, I don't think he was saying, I think what happened to you, I'm just going to point out, I think it's a little bit of projection. That sounds like a very traumatizing thing that happened to you in terms of just, like, looking back on what happened to you when you were 19 and a guy in your 30s, like – I I was a girl who dated older guys in my in my young twenties, and when I look back, I'm like, oh my god, like that person had no respect for me as a person. Like I was just like a 19 year old piece of ass. So, um, and sometimes that's a lesson that women need to learn. You know what I mean? Some women
3: come out knowing, like, hey, there are guys out there that are just trying to get into your pants, and then there are some women who don't pick up on that kind of vibe, and they need to learn it by getting burned like that. And not everyone's going to need to go to therapy to deal with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone, every woman is different. You can't, you know, protect all the 19 year old babies because not every woman's a 19 year old
1: baby. Some of them are very mature and evolve and understand the game that they're playing when they're, when it comes to sex. I'm more concerned, to be honest, about the kids that are like 14 years old in the same grade in high school and like. Fucking just to get it over with. To be honest, that's who I'm most concerned about. I think once you're in 19, you can start to make some serious decisions about your own life. So to be honest, it was like kind of a game of cat's cradle. Like I felt very like, okay, got to make the right move. Got to make the right move. This It was definitely... The most interesting, I'll just use that word, the most interesting experience we've had. At Please advise in terms of just a person coming in that, uh, you know, I didn't know, Christina didn't know, and had never met him. Um, it usually at least people it's and I, it's in my house, it's like, in your house, and, and, and typically I at least have some sort of like online rapport or something with people that come on this podcast. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I do you know I do see that I missed an opportunity to like Jezebel the fuck out on him but (laughs) like I also feel like I tried to give you guys the best thing that I could in terms of a piece of material that you can use your own mind to judge and to pick up on. Yeah I
2: and I mean obviously this isn't a newspaper but a lot of times when I'm writing a story and there'll be someone who says like things I have strong opinions about um. I'll give it to my editor and I'll be like, but does that come across? Like, I just want to make, like, should I emphasize that? Like, I just feel like it's not coming across. They're like, just let them speak for themselves. It yeah. does. You, and you, if, they, people I mean, hang themselves on their own words
1: sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Just let people talk.
3: Just gotta love, give them the rope. Yeah. But not to say that. I don't know. We weren't <laughs> not trying to hang it. Eve. Yeah.
1: yeah. We're not trying to say we to hang Neve. But, but when um, a guy is saying something that suggestive and easily arguable, arguably like wrong uh you kind of want to you kind of want to see where it's gonna go you're like okay how dark are we gonna get in this house tonight and um that's you know I en- I don't know about you I enjoy those moments it's a little bit Robert Durst whispering to himself but after his interviews kind of for me you know and he didn't murder anyone but I did feel like that's if anything he saves a lot of people in a way but uh yeah I just felt like that was you it was know. a very interesting
2: interview. I mean, I was super curious to find out um, after he had tweeted that stuff uh, what he was alluding to. And um, when he revealed it, it was not at all what I had expected. Like, I did expect it to be, like, a rehab thing or, like, yeah. a drug thing. Um, Well, it
1: came off that way. It did.
2: And, like... And to him, it seemed so foreign that people could interpret that. But, I mean, if you look at the
3: language that he was admitting using... Admitting
1: I need help usually means see what promises.
2: Right. <laughs>
1: but, like, I kind of liked that, I mean... I did respect that he,
2: um, was honest about like it kind of having, involving a girl and like relationships. Like I kind of like, when you think back to the beginning of what like made him famous, I guess, which is like being utterly humiliated by like dating this random older lady in the middle of nowhere,
1: like, but then also becoming very successful from that totally gross experience. Yes.
2: Okay. Valid. Um, but there is a part of me that's like, I think it's cool that he's honest about things that, uh, are not like always flattering to him.
1: I did really appreciate his honesty. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was great. I also, you know, I did wonder, I'm going to throw this out there too. If the tweet was, even though he said he and this girl were not going to have any sort of romantic relationship and he was aware of that. I did sort of wonder if he used such bold language in that tweet as a way to get her attention and, and wound up subsequently getting the attention of everyone uh who follows him I wondered if that was like a move to prove to her that he was really working on himself well you thought a lot about this well I, well I did actually it was a really it was it definitely was something like we had like a billion calls between me and the president of my podcast network we wanted to respect Neve and give him enough lead time to kind of recover and do what he needed to do then we saw he was posting pictures at Coachella and we were like okay I feel comfortable putting this up now he's obviously in a different place And um, we like on a production side, we thought about changing the format of the episode because it was
3: almost going to be just an entire interview with Neve, And that's why there were only like three calls at the end of it was because we were we didn't know how it was going to be formatted when it was done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, overall, I think that that it was Definitely the quote-unquote realist experience we've had here at Please Advise in terms of just like, oh, okay, wow. Like, this isn't just a friend stopping by to, like, talk shit into microphones this weekend. This is, like, uh, like an interesting character, a very interesting story behind what he's going through right now. Like, ac- having access to a person that has just announced something like that right. the day after he announced it is
2: How was- did you feel? Like, being – I mean, because I'm in a situations sometimes where someone's, like – saying something vulnerable and it's like such a delicate situation.
1: I felt very trepidatious. I was very, the first thing I did when he got here was I said, we're going to go outside and talk for a little while. And just so you can get to know me one-on-one. And we talked for, I smoked a cigarette. He sat there and we talked and it just was like, so where are you at? What's going on? Is there anything you want me to avoid? You know, are you okay? Like, correct? Like, you know, you know, I, offered to, I said, I have a million different resources. I said, I know great therapists, great acupuncturists, great everything. So if you need help with anything like that, please let me know. Like, yeah. I understand what it's like to go through a difficult time. And he seemed pretty like, oh, I'm fine. You know, like if anything, I just shouldn't have tweeted that. Like if any, that seemed to be more of his attitude. So, but at the same time, I felt very trepidatious because he um, he's a character I have never met before. Like, they just his vibe was something I've never been around before. So, and I don't mean that in a good or bad way. It just was like, oh, I've never encountered this type of person before, which I think sometimes people can still surprise you after 31 years on this planet. You meet one that you're like, never met this flavor. Mm-hmm. Never tasted this flavor. So <laughs>
2: not that you tasted the flavor.
1: I did not taste the flavor. <laughs> but, uh, but I was like, oh, okay, different. I went home and talked to Derek about it. I, I... I will admit that like there was, I cried. Like I need, I felt you like I, I, needed wow. I needed to release some energy. I needed to release some, I felt like there was a, you know, sometimes when you like should just have worked out, but like you didn't. So you, what you do instead is you cry or or like you, it, like an energy release is what I needed after it. And so that was that. And probably, you know, just to get back to the original question, another reason why I didn't feel totally comfortable calling him out And I just wanted to let him speak. So hope you understand that. Hope that's a good enough answer for you. I know that I don't get it right 100% of the time, but I think that I do a pretty good job of helping you guys most of the time. And um, I apologize to anyone who lost their virginity this week because of our podcast. All right, that was episode 38. Please advise. Thank you so much to Amy Kaufman for coming and being our guest. We can find you at Amy K in LA on Twitter, right? And Good the, job. Not Amy Kinla. I know. So actually, that's how Courtney Robertson pronounced it. She was like, How do you know Amy Kinla? And I was like, Amy Kinla. Oh, Amy well, She K. knew who I
2: was. That's She knew exactly
1: who you were because you had. Tweeted back to both of us when I announced her appearance. Mm. Um so she was like, How do you know her? She's written really mean things about me. Um and I don't know, I really enjoyed Courtney. Anyway, but I get it, because I've written horrible things about people. I legitimately- did you watch her match season? Oh yeah, I did. Did you think she was cool during it? Um Or had no. you met her already? Uh no, I hadn't met her already. I didn't love her, but I loved that she won because it made it let me into the psychology of why more bachelorette relationships work than bachelor relationships because the bachelor always picks with his dick. Yeah. And the bachelorette usually picks a husband. Right. So anyway, you guys can call us at 323-450-7408. You can email us always at askpleaseadvise at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at please underscore advise soundcloud.com slash please advise. We're also on Instagram at please advise. Our social media is all across the board. You can also add us on Facebook, please. Join us. Subscribe us. Ugh. Please subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a review. We really love that. Obviously, enter our contest this week that we have and buy my book on iBooks and Amazon, The Alcoholic Bitch Who Ruined Your Life. Amy, we can look for you just in the LA Times. You can look for me in the LA Times. My link to all my
2: articles is on my Twitter, so you can find it there.
1: Perfect. Everyone follow her. She's. This is like, it's just... Like, always getting a great scoop from, like, the angle that you're like, oh, that's my girlfriend. Like, she knows the great info. Like, she follows all the great stories. Question of the week. What dating site has been the most fruitful for you guys? Are you finding Tinder's really fruitful? We hear that a lot. We got someone who wrote in with a Tinder wedding. They were married from their Tinder relationship. Okay, Coupes. I heard that that's getting better. Match.com. I feel that a lot of people have questions about match. It's very questionable. E-Harmony, I don't even go there because they don't let gays on. So that's why. Yeah, they, they don't let gay people Wow. On. Yeah, it's run by a Christian company. So, uh, Amy, you online date a lot, right? Oh,
2: tragically, I do. What is
1: your number one pet peeve in online dating?
2: The um instant Instagram ask. Uh, basically, so you get, you know, on Tinder, on the tins, you get like five different pictures of yourself. Um, and within like two questions, I feel, usually guys will be like, do you have an
1: Instagram? Because oh, they want to see I like that you meant
2: like it, they want to Instagram a picture with you. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. No, they want to see if you look like the pictures you put up um, in your five pictures. So uh, that
1: wouldn't even occur to me that that's what they were doing. I'd be like, oh, they want to see like what my life's about.
2: <laughs> no, no. Um, I'm so naive. I know. Luckily, you're in a relationship, so it's not a problem for you. But um, it just feels like... You know, give me a little trust. Like, also, I'm giving you five pictures. I feel like that's a lot. Yeah. You
1: know, there's a lot of variety there. You got it. And you do have variety in your Tinder pics. I do. I have some selfies. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Do I look obese in my pictures? No. But like. <laughs> well, obviously, everyone's going to hopefully choose flattering pictures of themselves. Right. So, of course, you're not going to, like, show up and get the exact pose that you were in that photo. Did you ever online date before you locked it down? Um, I tragically did one week on match.com, but I, I quit it immediately because I was like, saw people I knew on there and was embarrassed. Amy, it's been a blast to have you and hopefully we'll have you back. We'd love to have you back if you want. Yay. I totally want to. Thanks, okay. You're welcome. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.